Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Hey, Jordan Harbinger here. Subscribe to the only show that will show you how to apply the world's greatest ideas from the most striking minds. After presenting more than a thousand interviews, I couldn't be more compelled to introduce you to the Jordan Harbinger Show. We've got spies and CEOs, athletes and authors from Kobe Bryant to Malcolm Gladwell, Tony Hawk and Howie Mandel to the chairman of Google, founders of LinkedIn and Instagram, antiquities smugglers, con men, brilliant scientists, national heroes, and even the head of the CIA. Listed as Apple's best of 2018 and countless other awards that, let's be honest, you probably don't care about right now. So come and have a listen for yourself and join me as we exploit the superpowers of the world's most incredible thinkers, amazing achievers, and iconic change makers with their insights delivered right into your mind. You'll get that blueprint of their brilliance each week so that you can learn to live what you listen. Subscribe right now to The Jordan Harbinger Show, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you're listening now. Napa know-how. This month, Napa's got all kinds of motor oil deals that can save you some serious cash, like a five-quart jug of Napa Full Synthetic Motor Oil for just $16.49. With savings like that, you may start feeling like a VIP, but don't let it go to your head. These oil deals are for everyone. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. General states pricing. Sales prices not include applicable state local taxes or recycling fees. Offer ends 831.20. brand new episode of the witching hour this is a very very special episode of the witching hour because it's a very very special day you know what day it is it's Haley Fouch's birthday i wish i had like balloons or streamers or something to fall and thank you make it even bigger happy birthday seriously thank you so much it's also a really special day because i found my most special mug that makes me so happy. Happy Harry Day and Happy Perry Mother. Oh, well, I have to make you blush because one, happy birthday. And everyone out there, not that I think they don't know this already, but Haley is the friggin' coolest. And truly, every single time we do witching hour together, or if we're just hanging out, or if I need someone to talk to about things, you are always there. Our friendship and our work collaboration both mean the world to me. And I hope you have the greatest day celebrating because you deserve it. Thank you, Perry. I echo all those same sentiments, except I'll save the birthday stuff for later this year. Sounds like a deal there. We have a very fun show for you guys today because it's summer. It's summer right now. And other than the heat, it might not feel like summer because there are a lot of things going on in the world right now. And I feel like, I don't know, the summer season always calls for this like celebratory vibe and we're not having that. So what we can do for you, though, is we can tap into that summer feeling through movies. And of course, the horror genre is filled with summer horror movies. So we're going to list a whole bunch off for you right now and give you some suggestions on what to watch. It is funny. We really doesn't. I mean, obviously, we know why, but it does not feel like the time of year to the point that like. uh, My family was like, what do you want for your birthday? And I'm like, oh, my God, that's so far away. And it was last week. <laughs> yeah. I keep, I keep thinking about that myself, too, with the fear that I'll still be in New York by the time my birthday rolls around. But I'm not going to think about that right now. Not today. No. Not today. today. Summer happies and summer spookies. Yes. No Ooh, fault. I like that. I wish we could title the episode that, but I don't know if it would sell, <laughs> sell the concept appropriately. Um Would you like to go first with a summer movie or do you want me to? Well, I feel like maybe we should get the really obvious one out of the way, which there's a couple of obvious ones, though. Okay, but there's one that has. Oh, there are actually two that have it in the. I'm thinking Midsommar, which is like. Okay, I I, I was going down a different path. It has the whole ritual is about summer solstice. (laughs) True. The whole movie's design was to be super duper sunny all the time. There's flowers everywhere and the motifs. It's just the most summery horror movie I could think of. And I think I know what you're thinking of, probably, which is another one that has summer in the title. It is. But then also, as I said that, my mind went down another obvious path, like the camp 
path. Oh gosh, there's so many camp movies. Yeah, so I like I don't even know what's more obvious than the other at this point, but Midsommar is one you know, I actually have only watched it twice and not even the longer cut. Well, it is. I was just going to say, it's very long. You have to really carve out time to watch it. I know. But, like, I, I still thought that, because remember when I had uh, when I had the lukewarm response to Suspiria and then I watched it again and I got so obsessed with it that I watched it again and again and again and again? I thought that was going to happen with Midsommar. Maybe it was just because I was distracted by other assignments, but I'm I'm shocked that I've only watched it twice. That's fair. I mean, I definitely also don't watch it as much as Suspiria, which is funny because those were like my two number one movies two years in a row. Um, But I just think that maybe that's because we were waiting for summer. It's possible. I'm very tempted to watch Midsommar here at home with my mom, who does love horror movies. But I'll also never forget her reaction when I asked us her to watch Hereditary with me. I think that I think it was almost too much. Oh. Like she likes unsettling, scary movies, but you you know that feeling, that pit in your stomach that a movie like Hereditary leaves you with. And I have a feeling Midsommar would wind up doing the same thing. It's possible. It's definitely like not as I don't know. Hereditary is a vicious movie, just like cut all of your soul out movie and at least midsummer midsummer i keep we're talking summer and i always never sure how to say that one anyway so i'm just gonna say it both ways and then everyone's happy uh, <laughs> uh it's at least a comedy like there's so much funny in it and yeah. there's a little that's funny and hereditary but it was not designed to be that's as true funny. so you uh, think we should take the risk then I think so. I don't find it to be as devastating okay. as Hereditary. And it's about, like, I don't know, Hereditary is, like, about, like, the pits of grief to such an extent that that's probably why you feel that pit in your stomach. Yeah. I mean, heartbreak and toxic relationships are sad and dramatic and rough, but it's not, like, the death of a child, right? Yeah. It's it's not summer-related, but at least we can tee, a few, tee up a future episode. You know what pit in my stomach I really can't shake? relic i do know yes yeah i can't stop thinking about the movie it's <laughs> yeah you guys will hear us talk more about this in the upcoming Ooh. episode but it was a completely different experience the second time around and i i don't want this to deter anyone from seeing it i mean that in a good way i like i am all shaken up from it because it earned it and that's yeah. that's usually the difference with whether or not i'm okay with that feeling I also think it's, like, really tender. It's a really sweet movie, which I could not say about Hereditary, but, like, um, Relic made me weep. So, like, that was, like, really cathartic, but really uh, devastating. (laughs) Oh, I can't wait until we can share that episode with director Natalie Erica James, who is a delight and who I followed on. Have you looked at her Instagram? Yes. That is, I have to tell Erlinger about that because that was one thing not to get off track here now, but when, uh, when we were working on child eater, the feature, one of the, one of the parts of the process that I remember so vividly was the imagery that Erlinger had picked out earlier on in order to, you know, start to craft the visual language for the movie. And it so much reminds me of what she posts on her Instagram account. I I have to tell him about that, but I love looking at it. Yeah, she's wonderful. Um, and she also likes Midsummer. Yes, she does. Oh, there. Bring <laughs> it all back. Yeah, bring it right back to the topic now. All right. So should I go with one of the obvious ones now? Yeah, might as well. Okay. So I'll just say I know what you did last summer, which probably no surprise to anyone out there. As a kid growing up in the 90s who got obsessed with Scream, that movie was a very big deal to me. And I don't think revisiting it when I get, when I've gotten older, I don't think the whole thing holds up nearly as well as it played when I was a kid. Certain sequences do though. I think certain sequences and ideas are still, you know, pretty exhilarating and chilling at the same time. But you know, it's a, it, it's a little melodramatic and silly, but that's where the nostalgia kicks in. I will never turn it off if it's on. And yeah, summer, <laughs> 
summer. So summery. Yes. Uh, I think my favorite sequence, probably a very popular opinion, is the parade, which is oh, without a doubt, that is the exactly most summery thing. Yeah, um, and it's funny because I actually, despite it being a super summery movie that takes place in two different summers at summer events, I often th- associate it with fall because I would watch it every Halloween. Uh, okay. Um, like on a personal level, it's connected to fall, but definitely it is one of the the best in terms of like designing set pieces around a season that's not Christmas or Halloween, which is a lot harder yeah. to do because there's not as many recognizable trademarks. You know what other scene from that movie sticks in my mind where they cut Sarah Michelle uh, Geller's hair? Yeah, that also because I'm like very focused on my hair. Like, you notice I keep cocking my head. <laughs> Guys, I don't know what happened. Like, my hair was even <laughs> two weeks yeah, ago. Hair insecurities. What happened? Did someone cut my hair in the middle of the night? Like, what is this? Just very gently. Just <laughs> enough. I'm going to keep, keep this like going like, like that. <laughs> now it's even. I just got to keep my head like this. <laughs> uh-huh. I'm going to stop doing that, I swear. <laughs> no, I, that also... I don't know. It's vanity, obviously, but that scene very much has always stayed with me. Yeah, that's that's high up on the list from that movie. Do you do you like the sequel? No, <laughs> I don't. I have the same feelings about the sequel. It's it's yeah. nostalgia that kicks in, and I thought it was the coolest thing in the world when it first came out. But you know, they're not great movies. I I knew that one was bad when it came out. Like I. I still enjoyed myself and I, I still think of certain parts of that, but I think of them like comedically like Brasilia is the capital of Brazil. What a dumb reveal. It's the funniest thing. Why is Jack Black in that movie? It's so bad. It's so bad. Um, Will Benson? Benson. Oh. No, sorry. Brasilia is not the worst reveal. That is the worst reveal. <laughs> Yeah, that that kills me every time I think about it. (laughs) Uh, But I do enjoy watching it. And I almost enjoy watching it more than the first one because the first one being so lame kind of breaks my heart. But I always knew that one was lame. Yeah. And I really enjoy it. I don't think, like, the critical part of my brain was advanced enough when these two movies came out because I (laughs) legit thought they rocked when I first saw them. Oh, I loved the first one i specifically even remember my parents taking me and i know the two friends that they let me bring with me to the theater to see i know what you did last summer nice like why did their parents let let them do that i mean i watched it with my dad i don't know yeah but it was you yourself yeah and I feel like we just grew up with those non-existent rules where we kind of watched whatever we wanted I definitely was not allowed to watch whatever I wanted. Okay. He was very strict. And that's why I'm like, oh, we watch that together. What, what, what was the, what, what drove the choice to put that on then? I don't know. I guess he just liked those kinds of movies and maybe because it was like a, a teen movie. I think yeah. I probably harassed him to death because I was so obsessed with Buffy and Freddie Prince Jr. and everyone in the cast. I probably was just like, it's happening watch it when he probably was like well at least i can turn it off if it's too bad or something it's i always have such a hard time processing like age appropriateness and watching movies i was i was just telling you we were doing a collider connected with asa butterfield and like i asked him like did you watch a bunch of martin scorsese movies before doing hugo like i (laughs) taxi driver when i was like extremely young and it's just like there was that moment where I'm like oh everybody doesn't do that no definitely not I wasn't even Simpsons I was like super I feel like you told me that because then I feel like I I liked the Simpsons quite a bit I still like watching the Simpsons a lot but like my inappropriate cartoon growing up I guess was kind of Ren and Stimpy but also South Park. I remember being a kid and being the only one in my class who was actually watching South Park and I never had anyone to talk to about it. Yeah, no, that was not allowed. But I would go over to my friend Lindsay's house and she had a cool older sister and I would sneak it in there. But like we couldn't talk about it over at my house. Sneaky system, Haley. Sneaky. I would sneak so many R-rated things. Just like sitting on the stairs and like peering around at whatever my dad was watching. 
I kind of wish I had to do that a little bit, just so I have a memory like that too. But no, <laughs> we just put on whatever we wanted. I I was one of them was eight millimeter. Oh, fair enough was not appropriate for my age. And another one was kiss the girls. Yeah, and, and I would I would listen, and then I like years later watched the movies and was like, these are not good. That was not a good use of my time. I don't know why, but for what I, I, I did watch Kiss the Girls. The other two that I watched really young that stuck with me were Fallen. And they're actually, I think, both Denzel movies. Fallen and The Bone Collector. The Bone Collector actually, like, that's one that, you know, drilled its way into my brain. And I never forgot some of the things in that movie. I like Fallen quite a bit. I should revisit that. It's probably been 10 years. It's been, it's been a while since I've rewatched it, but that was one of those ones that I watched at a young age, didn't fully process it, and then was able to fully appreciate it when I actually revisited it as an adult. I'm going to do that soon. I'm not yeah. going to do this weekend. I'm trying to catch up on all the indie horror <sighs> that I haven't seen yet. Do you know why I can't watch it this weekend? because I'm halfway through my Dickinson binge, and that show fucking rocks. It's so cute. I had no idea how cool that show was. I told you you'd have fun. Well, I adore it. Yeah, I knew that would be totally just, it's such a Perry vibe, like it's a happy show, and it's very, I don't know, it's a good Perry energy. I'm and happy it that also I- has Toby Huss in it. Yes. Who is just, and like a lot of him. He's in everything, and I have no problem in the world. I think now, because I see Toby Huss and everything, I get disappointed when I watch something that doesn't have him in it. (laughs) Very nice compliment. (laughs) All right. Do we want to do another movie here? Oh, sure. You know, I could talk about, I know what you did last summer for my whole life. Uh, I will say, like, in honor of Pride Month, that was definitely a big, like, oh, there's some gay in me movie. And I think it was for a lot of people in our generation, whether it was uh, everything they made Jennifer Love Hewitt wear that was a scrap of clothing mm-hmm. or Brian Phillippe's lack of clothing. <laughs> Either way, you were like, feelings, processing feelings. <laughs> I wrote I wrote a piece about that that I don't know if the book is going to be published or when, but it's like a collection of writings from female horror fans. And I hope it comes out so people can read it. It's like I want to read that. Yeah. Can you just, can, can I read it even if the book doesn't come out in the near future? Yes, ma'am. Okay, thank you. <laughs> I feel like I should throw out a semi, not a random one. Like, people know that I love this movie, but it, at least it's not, like, down the obvious summer path. I feel like a good one to throw in the mix here is probably Headcount. <laughs> Okay, I knew you were going to bring that up. Because it's a summer break movie. I I cannot believe how I, I can watch that movie over and over and over again. I just lo- I love the concept and I love the visuals and I'm just obsessed with exploring every corner of those frames. But it is streaming on Netflix, of course. I cannot wait for Elle Callahan's next movie. I think that was the the South by cancellation that hurt me most. I want to see that next movie. Um, But just being witchy. I know. What is it? What is it called again? Which is it just witchcraft? I think it's witch hunt. Witch hunt. Witch hunt. I knew it was just like one firm concept. I don't know. Um, and it's got a great cast, too. But for anyone who has not heard me babble on and on about Headcount, it's a summary movie because it basically takes place during summer break. And it's a bunch of kids who go out into the desert and they rent a house and they have a campfire where they start to tell creepy stories, some of which are found on the Internet. And, yeah, you guys can probably imagine what happens when they read some of those out loud. I didn't even put that down on my brainstorming list because I was like, not a chance Perry's not talking about it. I'm I'm always all over that movie every single chance I get. Heck yeah. What you got? I'm trying to think. <laughs> like, my face just got serious because I was trying to think of more of a curveball instead of going straight to the camps. So many camps. You, you can go to the camps. <sighs> all right, fine. Pick your camp. Sleepaway camp, the burning, obviously Friday the 13th. Then you get the next generation ones, like the final girls. There's just something about camp that says murder. I don't I, know why. 
I think that's part of the reason why I'm so obsessed with camp. It's not just because I went to a sleepaway camp as a kid. I think it's that one-two punch of having those those real-life memories as a kid and also being fascinated with how it's treated in the horror genre. Because when, when I went to sleepaway camp, one of my absolute favorite things was, like, sneaking out of the bunk late at night. Like, for, like, stupid reasons. Legit to do nothing. But the other thing was... Drugs, obviously. Obviously, no. That's, that's the brand. No, that that never... I, th- I think we were too I tiny. We were too tiny then. <laughs> we were way too young at that point. Um, but I also loved the camp legends. And I know a lot of camps had this one, but we always did cropsy. And it's like when you would have when you would have a night where the moon had an orange hue to it, that was a cropsy moon. And like cropsy was going to come get us in the middle of the night. And I don't know, I just like got such a kick and thrill out of that kind of stuff. Isn't Cropsy pretty East Coast? Like, isn't that a pretty yeah. East Coast movie? There's also a great Cropsy documentary that yes. I highly recommend checking out if anyone out there has not seen it. I didn't go to a ton of camps personally. Um, but I definitely, like, we had different legends. I We're both, like, very into local lore and yes. stuff like that. But... I think the one I heard most was definitely La Llorona growing up because I grew up with such a big. <laughs> he's uh, he's he's done sleeping. He's playing now. Woke up. <laughs> he woke up. Nice. I don't know what to do. Dewey wouldn't even look at me for my birthday. I'm snitching on him on camera. He's being a dick right now. He's a, he's a little beautiful hand. He's got like that mischievous look on his face. Like he's doing the the kicky thing. Ow! Goodbye! 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 <laughs> oh, I, yeah. he's playing, and I can't. I feel bad making him stop. That's how he plays. He's a, a vicious, beautiful man. Oh no! It doesn't hurt. It, it's incredible how it doesn't hurt. It's like when he nibbles, he's not trying to hurt. He like genuinely just wants to be like, like let's play, like let's wrestle a little. That's cute. But it fucking hurts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have I have a cat who does the fun nibbles, and then I have a cat who is like, I will end your whole life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do, do we, Dewey's not an end your life kind of cat, because he, he knows that if he did that, he wouldn't get his uh, belly rubs a couple seconds later. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, he tried to rub Jake's belly, I think he'd come back with no hand. That's that's how some sort of cat lover horror movie starts. Oh gosh, maybe that's our next episode. Cat horror. There's a couple. There's a couple. There has. Yeah. I feel like we'd have to we'd have to broaden it to cat and dog horror. Maybe there's more dogs. Yeah. Yeah. I did. I did. I'm not going to spoil anything, but I did just watch a horror movie where they introduce a dog at the very beginning, and I'm like, well, fuck this. But thankfully, <laughs> the dog lives, so I was able to sleep at night. <laughs> I'll, t- I'll tell you what it is after if you want to know. Speaking of like killing animals on screen, not dogs or, you know, not as emotional, but I did finally start watching The Great and I'm only halfway through, but you're right. I love it. It's so good. Yeah. The, it, the two of them are just, you know, they're not just good together. They're like next level good where my brain can almost like not process it. I, she's giving the performance of her career, and it's so hard though not to just scream about Nicholas Holt. Like she's just as good. Yeah, but she has such a flashy, fabulously, deliciously horrible role. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I actually think that's probably one of his best performances too. Oh, absolutely. Like he's, I, I don't know. I think both of them, no matter like whether you like a movie that they made or not, those are ex- that's an example of two people who always deliver more than what they're given. I'm so I have to submit two of my um, critics association ballots today, TCA and Gallica, and I, you know, I didn't want to watch it because it's a period drama, but I was like, you can't vote without seeing it based on what everyone's saying about them. And I'm so glad because they're both ending up on my ballots. I'm definitely getting into period dramas a lot more. But I also think more so than ever, we're getting, you know, period dramas with a unique, you know, bite 
to them. And I think that's what's getting me. That's, I mean, that's why I love Dickinson so much. Dickinson is like a very sweet version of that. The Great has yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> and so much hunting. That's right. That's what brought it up. So much hunting. My goodness. There, there is a good deal of that. I yeah. am not a fan of hunting things, but it's a TV show. The animals are fine. Right, right, right. And it's not, I don't know, it doesn't, it's not played for emotion, so it doesn't bother me. Like, yeah. um, that's just the tone of the show is very uh, brutal. And it's a lot different than when, like, this dog you fall in love with is killed in a third act there. Yeah. No, I can't. I can't handle that. Um, and to, to wipe that from my brain, let's all give uh, the dog from Crawl a big shout out. Woo! That's hands down one of my favorite dog additions to a movie in recent years. Um, Crawl? Crawl's kind of a summer movie, but it's like a really bad summer. <laughs> Isn't that? Yeah. Well, I guess, yeah. Hurricane, what, when does hurricane season usually begin? Is it is it summer to fall, late fall, or does it begin late summer? You know what? I have no idea. I feel like I should you know, know that. that. California. <laughs> well, I feel like it, it still counts anyway. Here, I've I've got one that some folks might not be thinking about. Hmm. The Ruins. I had that on my list. I love the ruins. That makes me so happy. My my whole family is obsessed with the ruins. That's that's one of those movies that, like, as a collective Nemiroff clan, I think we watch that more than almost any other horror movie. Wow, we watch it a lot. (laughs) Like a really nice honor on such a random film. Yeah, and it's Carter's movie too. So that that's why I got like even more excited when I found out he was working with Erlinger. No, that was fun. Uh, if you guys missed it, we did a chat with those two for Midnight Kiss, and they are a hoot. Midnight Kiss is still my favorite. Yeah, it's a lot Best of fun. Best Into the Dark. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I haven't seen a friend worked on it. All of them, I'll be honest. But it is the best one I've seen. I love it. I love it. Um, I did a quick Google. It says it's, oh, you can't see that. June 1st to November 30th is Hurricane Season. Okay. Season. No, I need my answers. Yeah. Wait, wait, June first to what? November thirty. Okay. All right. Yeah. It's feasible right. that crawl is a summer yeah. <laughs> during the summer. All right. I'm glad I'm glad we settled that. But yes, the ruins is like man. It's not like a have a fun summer movie. No. But it is uh it does make me feel hot and sweaty and uncomfortable and Yeah. <laughs> it it's that's one thing that never gets old for me is the idea of something getting under your skin. Mm. Like they could do that in any movie and I will always just like flinch a little. Yeah. That's, it's also kind of uh, tied into what we were discussing off camera the other day, which is my deep fear of pregnancy, like something living inside of you. I can't wait until we could discuss why we were. Right. I know. that, (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, ooh, ew, ooh, it really, yeah. I mean, it literally gets under your skin because it's under your skin, but, like, ugh. It's, uh, that scene with her leg has never not fucked me up. When she's digging around in her leg trying to get him out. That scene, that scene fucks me up, and everything that happens to Joe Anderson's character really upsets me. Brutal, brutal. Yeah, he gets, I, I think he might get it the worst. I would find that hard to argue. Yeah. Uh, oh my God. And what an actor who like at that time, I did not know how much I would grow to love every single thing he does. He's And he's so underrated. I don't think we talk about him enough. I mean, speaking of which, what is he even doing right now? I feel like he's still in things. <laughs> like he's just one of those people who are like, oh, you're in this. I, I was mighty obsessed with him in... I love, I, you know how I feel about the crazies. I love the crazies. Maybe even the crazies is a summer movie because like summer baseball. I don't know. Maybe. Opening, the, the, one of the opening se- big sequences is on a baseball field. Um, but I also love Joe Anderson in Across the Universe, which yeah. is a movie that I think I love more than most. Really? I, I'm, wait, have I ever showed you? I don't think so. 
Hold get, like, on. a tattoo or something. She get I'm not, no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to move the computer and ruin, ruin the shot, but I'll do this so you can see it. <laughs> Look what's on the back of my bedroom door. Aw. <laughs> Isn't that funny and random? That is random. Yeah. I had no idea you were, like, so passionate. Lonnie loves it, too. I think, uh, I think also because we used to, that, I think it came out when we were living together in Manhattan. So we used to watch it a lot together. Hmm. But both of us are mighty. I like it. I, I was very obsessed with Julie Taymor when I was into experimental theater. And um, I'm still obsessed with the sort of iconic failure of her Spider-Man show. I just don't oh. know how that went. It's such yeah. a historically failed, uh, ambitious endeavor. It's really fascinating. I saw that in previews. Really? It was, yeah. I, I didn't think it was, I didn't think it was super terrible also because there was, there were a lot of things to admire about it, whether you want to isolate it to like the incredible costume work or, or just like, you know, performances or some of the singing. It's like, it was a mess. It wasn't really as refined <laughs> as most Broadway productions, expensive Broadway productions that you do see, but I remember enjoying myself and then just being absolutely fascinated by the train wreck that that show was. Yeah, that was. Mm. Mm. But yeah, she's a, she's a real talent and I hope she yeah. rebounds with another movie soon because it's been too long. No, it has been a while. Um, and Joe Anderson, I just had to look it up, but he was in that show, The Outsiders, that was pretty good, despite oh. it. Um, you know, WGNA, talk about another thing that just well, spectacularly. I never really get into any of their shows, because I'm always assuming they're going to be a blip on the radar. Man, Manhattan was freaking incredible. I am the number one Stan Hatton, but... You know my only attachment to Manhattan is through you. Yeah. Because <laughs> I edited your your interviews for that. And I never shut up about it, even though it went off the air like four years ago. I I really... Is it just one season? Two. Two. And it has a pre-Stranger um, Things, David Harbour, doing very good work. Rachel um, Rosnahan. Yeah, she's kind of big now, huh? Yeah, who's who's the other big name guy in it? Um, who is the other big name guy? Well, Ashley Zuckerman's in it, but I don't know if he counts as oh, he's very good. Yeah, I'm thinking I, I might be thinking about him. Um, there's Katja Herbers. Herbers. She's on Westworld and was in an episode of The Leftovers. It's a very good show. It's a total uh sidewinder from the topic here, but it also does feel very fucking summery because it was shot in New Mexico in the summer, as I can attest from sweating a ton on the set and getting sunburned. You know who I think I'm thinking of? Harry Lloyd. Oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. He's like a TV yeah. legend. Of course. Okay. That's definitely who I'm picturing. Oh, no, he's not a TV legend. I was thinking of a different. Well, <laughs> but who are you thinking of? A different Harry. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, I guess anybody. He, he was a part of. The legendary Game of Thrones. Yes, and he had a legendary death. Well, that that episode is what I give all the credit to as far as getting me hooked on Game of Thrones. I'll never forget when I first started my binge. Like it took me. I think that's episode six of season one. And up until that point, I'm like, you know, like it's good, but I don't get why everyone's so obsessed with it. And something about that scene. That that's the hook came out and it was dug into me and I was on board for the long haul for better or worse. I remember it makes an impression. I kind of feel like maybe the first time I read that book, that scene was a big turning point for me and like understanding how ruthless things were going to get. That it, it, that scene is vicious. (laughs) Um, Obvious summer movie. Well, real quick, I'm going to have my little Game of Thrones rant right here. Oh, yes, please. Despite that being one of the very first big choices we ever see her make, somehow people still argued with me the whole time that there's no way Daenerys was a bad person. And I'm not saying that she shouldn't have gotten rid of her brother, but that is ruthless leadership. That is not a surprise. End of rant. Always knew that was coming. I hear you. I mean, I I feel like I would have a better argument for or against that 
if they had actually concluded her arc in a manner where it was allowed to breathe a little more. Yeah. Or, or at least there would have been a meteor, there would have been a meteor discussion to be had. Oh, yes. I'm not saying it was done well. I'm just saying for seasons and seasons, I was like, she's not really a hero. And I got a lot. So now I have to rant about it. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I can't, I can't with that. Oh, drones. Yeah. All right. (laughs) It happened. (laughs) That often had summary vibes. That what? Oh, well. That often had summary vibes. Yeah. It would always be summery vibes and then cut to wintry vibes though so it's very easily confusing depending on which part of the kingdom they were in. yeah if you if you had to live in game of thrones where would you live dorn oh that's true hell yeah i mean it got the worst storyline but (laughs) i feel like the fact that it got the worst storyline maybe means we didn't get enough time to like discover all the details and there'd probably be a reason to not want to live in Dorne or a big bigger one but I don't know it so maybe I would choose Dorne it's pretty Dorne's pretty dope man it's like Mediterranean gorgeous books too yeah okay so I'm just gonna have to trust you because you know more about all these places than I do so I will come to Dorne with you it's a good call (laughs) by the by the water yes have lots of alcohol and now, just because I'm curious, how did the books paint Daenerys's arc? Was it more of a straightforward there, there because he has not published all right, all right. since the start of the series, um, before the start of the series. But uh, she's definitely more complicated and more okay. red. And it's definitely, you see the sort of, spikes of vengeance and stuff in her a lot more um she's also super young when it starts she's like 13 or 14 uh so when she makes that decision it's a lot earlier in her life oh my god that that makes that scene even more disturbing if a a teenager 13 year old made that choice how old how old is she supposed to be at the beginning of the show i don't know ambiguous all right Old enough to have sex scenes with? Yeah, definitely doesn't play as a as a teenager. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, yeah, she's a... She's, I think she's much more interesting in the books, but I very much hope that one day I get to read the end of that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I think a lot of people feel that way. Uh, maybe, maybe one day I'll finally, you know, take the plunge and jump into the books. No, I would wait until he at least publishes one more. That's I mean, fair. Up for heartbreak. Oh, who knows? It could take me that long to read all the rest of them. They are quite long. Yes, I still. Uh, I'm not out of the uh, the Stephen King box yet. <laughs> oh gosh, I'll never be. I don't think I. Yeah, at the rate that man publishes, that's a, a very good point. Um, summary movies. Summary movies. Uh, I've got another obvious one that feels necessary to bring up, and it's Jaws. Oh yeah, we can't have this conversation without Jaws. I mean that that really is the ultimate summer scare. Mm-hmm. It's like the bar setter. Yeah, it's it really. I mean, it really is. It's uh, perfect. Is the thing, and like every time I watch it, I'm like, am I going to notice something that makes it not perfect this time? And then you don't. And the craziest thing about it being so perfect is how many problems they had and it's still perfect so it's just like when it comes to when it comes to filmmaking you can plan and plan and plan but if you can't go with the flow on the day and access that creative brain space on the day then then what are you doing maybe you should be in a different line of work (laughs) it's also um what was the editor sally um uh on the tip of my tongue Let's Google this. Dang it, my brain. Wait, Google it, but give me the first the first letter of the last name. Yeah. Okay, one sec. Ugh. I've. Why I'll do we record the show on when I only have a fraction? Then who am I? Really at all. I don't even know where that came what from. What was what, what Fields. Oh, okay. Why? Why is Sally in the editing department ringing a bell for me? I have no idea. We keep talking about Jaws. 
Um, yeah. So anyway, she deserves a ton of credit as like all the filmmakers involved have said over the years, she really took what looked like a fake ass shark and in the edit would clip off the sides of it to make it look scary. You know why I'm thinking Sally? Because um, Quentin Tarantino, Sally Menke. Ah, there we go. Thank yeah. you. I knew there. I knew I was going down a very real path there. And also, just because I'm on her uh, her IMD her uh, Wikipedia page, I never realized that she uh, she was a uh, Long Islander. Oh, yeah. She was born and born somewhere not not so far from me. Right. <laughs> <Nice. laughs> so yeah, Jaws is essential right now. It's yeah, it's a little too resonant. Thank you. But yeah. um, it is. Isn't it crazy how how a movie can grow like that in ways that really no one could have ever predicted? I mean, I guess that's because it was written from mm. a sort of spark of universal truth about humans and how we behave, right? It, it, it's too true. It's too true. Damn it, humanity, get your yeah. shit together. Did we learn nothing How about the centuries that we had? Did we learn nothing from these like fictional stories that we have a safe distance from? No, clearly not. No, yes, the answer was no. <laughs> Do you want to add the next one? Yes. What um, mine is a weirdo movie that I Ooh. cannot say is excellent, but I can say that I absolutely love, which is Tourist Trap. And it oh. is people who are on a vacation, they go to this place that's kind of like abandoned looking, and there are all these mannequins that like sing at them. And it's the weirdest thing. And it's way more disturbing than it sounds, but they just go like their mouths click open and they're like, ah, it's super weird. I, th- I thought you were going to say, as you were saying the name of the title, Teristas. Oh, no. <laughs> no, for me. Yeah, I mean, that movie's not great, but I, I did rewatch it recently, and it's not as bad as I remembered it being either. I'm sure it's not horrible. I'm just, that wasn't a, a type of horror I ever really got into. Or, yeah. Um, and that was one of, like, you know, the at that point, a knockoff of a knockoff of Hostel, basically. <laughs> oh, it's very true. Yeah. I mean, Hostel kind of counts, right? Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Is it, they're, they're on a, are they on a summer break in that movie? I maybe just assumed that. I cannot yeah. verify. I think I always <laughs> thought they were. <laughs> we have another obvious one that we should probably point out, too. Do it. Texas Chainsaw. Oh, yeah. That's like oh, the God. movie ever. It really is. I, I do. Every time I put that on, I start to sweat. <laughs> it, it's just, you can feel the misery of that summer. Yeah. <laughs> Which is fitting for a Texas movie. Like, no, it is. You it could be hot as hell. Sadly, you could feel the misery of the summer and also the misery of so many installments of that franchise to follow. Oh. <laughs> it's, boy, is that one all over the place. Yeah, it really is. You know, I kind of, so we had like a very wild and chaotic debate in the Slack yesterday about sequels. Do you oh, I was like, were you also talking about Texas Chainsaw and I missed out on that part of it? No, but it made me think of it because someone was saying like franchises, there should never have been a sequel in the first place because franchises just turn out poorly. And I actually like, fair. A lot of franchises have really bad movies, but as I've grown older, I've appreciate, I've grown to appreciate the absolute insanity of franchising and mm-hmm. the way always goes completely bonkers and they're like, put it in space or like, now it's a war movie. I just like, I love that none of it makes any sense. Yeah. Let's go chase them on a boat and send them to Manhattan. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> or like, I, this, this thought process was kind of inspired by revisiting all the Invisible Man movies, which are so much weirder than you remember as the franchise goes on. And I hadn't even seen the last two. It's like, I kind of, from that distance, was able to go, these are not good movies, but I love that they exist. Yeah, I mean, I understand, I very much understand the sensitivity that comes with having a great original and then getting sequels that don't meet that same level, but... 
I also think that a lot of those movies wind up getting really popular because you simply enjoy spending time in the concept created. And even if you can't replicate the same success, just watching a filmmaker play with it more, that's that's enough for me. Although I still very much disagree with the stances taken regarding those other two franchises in the Slack the other day. That I was not I was not ready for that. It was the end of my day. I was exhausted, and I'm like, fuck, no, and this was happening. I'm not going to rehash the absolute horror of what that was like, but I will let our audience know to know how bad this was for Perry. It was Scream and Jurassic that were targeted. Unbelievable. I thought, in particular with Jurassic, because I think that, you know, they're... eh, I was about to say there might be even stronger negative feelings towards the growth of that franchise compared to Scream, but I think I I really did make a very good argument for why even Jurassic Park 3 is valuable to the growth of that franchise. Hmm. I understand that none are as expertly crafted and perfect, perfect. as that first one, but I <laughs> think everyone that followed does earn its place in some respect. I don't love them all, but I watch them all and I enjoy them all. And until you give me a better franchise with better big ass dinosaurs, (laughs) it's just happening. You know, you can't take that joy from me. I don't even, and I, I am a weirdo who legitimately really likes fallen kingdom, but Even if I didn't, I'm not going to not enjoy these raptors, like, fucking dodging explosions. What's wrong with you? That's awesome. And I I like it, too. I actually think Fallen Kingdom has grown on me even more so with rewatches. Because the first time I watched it, I'm like, you know, this is fine. But I really like what they were doing in the first half and cut short in order to put dinosaurs in a mansion and try to auction them off for, like, an absurdly low base price. But the more I watch it, the more I gain appreciation for that. And, like, I understand why some people don't like that ending. Totally. But I still I still think that that ending is very much connected to where the whole Jurassic scenario began. And it's just adding another layer, another level of complexity to it where it's going to wind up forcing humanity, human beings, to connect to that idea more so than they had to before. So I th- I think there's there's a very valid reason to do what they did in that movie. Now it's just a question of whether or not they dig into it more. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure they will, and I'm very curious to see where it goes. I'm also not, like, puritanical about what they've done, because the thing about franchising is in 10 years, we're going to see someone else do it differently. Yeah. And I'll just enjoy this round and the big, like I said, the awesome-looking big-ass dinosaurs. Great. And uh, Bryce Dallas Howard is lovely, so I'll enjoy her. I'm not that picky about my giant dinosaur movies, let me tell you. (laughs) (laughs) But also, I don't, this was not on my list, but the entire freaking franchise has huge summer vibes because it takes. As we were talking about it, I was thinking the same exact thing. Yeah. (laughs) It definitely is. So I feel like it was very fitting to have included that in this conversation. Oh, heck yeah. Thank you to all our crazy colleagues and their absolutely horrifying taste. <laughs> but really, we love all you guys. Um, I hate your opinions sometimes. I feel like we should we should wind this down now. Well, okay, but there's yeah. one I don't want to leave out. Okay, please do. It's a newer one, and I think it's maybe the most summary. Can we can we play a guessing game? Yeah. All right, give me hints. It's newer. You're obsessed with it. I'm obsessed with it. Totally. I went to college where it takes place. You went to college where it takes place. Does it take place at college? No, it's the city. It's a beach town. Why can't I know this? Um, you know, it aired one of your favorite movies last year. Last year? Yes. Oh my god, it's Friday. I can't. I can't. Hold on. <laughs> you want me to just tell you? It's us. Yes, of course it's us. <laughs> <laughs> It is a summer movie. Yeah. I feel like for whatever reason, I don't know. Like, I don't know what it is. Like, I guess it's like if if a movie's 
if if it doesn't make me sweat like the Texas Chainsaw environment or take or very clearly have summer in the title or take place at a camp, I've put it in another section. <laughs> I think, you know, it was one of the first ones I thought of because I did go to college in Santa Cruz and I know how beachy summery vibes that town has. Along the same lines, um, the last Lost Boys was also shot there and that has that energy. I can't hear anybody say Santa Cruz without hearing Winston Duke going, Santa Cruz. Santa <laughs> Cruz. Yeah. <laughs> I got to go back there one day. It's so lovely. It's so lovely. I would like to come. <laughs> please. And we can recreate shots from us. Yes, please. <laughs> I want to do that so badly now. <laughs> officially on the post-COVID bucket list. All right. I like that idea. <sighs> Haley, you have a birthday to go celebrate. Yay. You you enjoy it. Live it up. Have a drink for me. I'll have a drink for you tonight and celebrate remotely. Yes. Happy well, birthday. and I'll see you shortly. I might have a drink with you. We can have a drink together. <gasps> I feel like the re- like I should have realized this before, but this realization in this particular moment is exactly what I need to like give me the energy to you know, power through the rest of the day and get there. Yeah. I know you're almost done. It's like the morning for me, but it's, I don't know. My brain still gets very confused with that. Oh, all the time. You were like, let's start at one fifteen, And it took me full two minutes, like to be like 12. Yeah. Event. And it's embarrassing. I, I don't I like confused with which time zone I'm in still. I bet. Cause you know, technically I'm on the same sleep schedule. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's just, also, there's no way to tell days or times. I always open my window expecting it to be bright out and it's nighttime. Yeah. I've lost. I've lost. It. I, I feel you. <laughs> but, but the one thing giving me structure in this day is I know I'm going to see you in three and a half hours. Yeah. All right. Haley, where can everybody find your wonderful work on the internet? Oh, you can find me on Twitter at Haley Fouch. You can find me on Instagram at Hey Stephanie Groovy. And I'm at P. Nemiroff on Twitter and Instagram. We will have another new episode of The Witching Hour for you next week, but because we have teed it up so much this episode, keep an eye out for our conversation with Relic Director Natalie Erica James coming to you on Friday, July 10th. That is it for now, though. You have officially survived The Witching Hour. Napa Know How. Get all the quality parts you need at your locally owned Napa. Because right now, when you order from Napa online, you can pick up curbside at your local store in just 30 minutes. Or get your order delivered direct to your door with free one-day shipping and over 160,000 quality parts when you spend $35 or more. Quality parts delivered quickly and safely. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating stores, standard ground shipping and exclusions apply. It's that little Chico Pitbull, Mr. 305, but it said Mr. Worldwide, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game, so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.